The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome to my favorite day of the week, the Freaky Fetish Friday. (laughs) I love it. Because we were just talking about muffins and then special muffins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is the one, the only, the sweetest muffin of them all, <laughs> Laura, the Muffin Girl. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I want you to tell our audience what you just found that means um, I have no bread or whatever it oh, is. Oh, charcuterie is French for I want a sandwich, but I have no bread. I, I'm going to use that. <laughs> As a sexual term <laughs> for the rest of my life. Hey, baby, I have some charcuterie in my pants. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not right in the head. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I got the meat. I took away the cheese, though. <laughs> but I got the Well, mayo. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you got some olives down in there. Oh, no. They're, they're figs. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> All right, boys and girls. Today, we're going to be doing Peter Sutcliffe, a.k.a. the Yorkshire Ripper. Let's begin. Let's talk about Pete's childhood. So Peter William Sutcliffe was born premature on June 2nd of 1946 to John William Sutcliffe and Kathleen Francis Coonan. That's awesome. That sounds like a sexual term, too, Coonan. Were they not married? That's what I've always wondered when I'm seeing this. Like, did they have a kid and then get married? Because that was not good in 1946. No, that was not, especially not, not even in England. Yeah. The queen does not approve. No. He was raised in a working class family and highly religious. Roman Catholic family. There's so your problem. Had, they had to be married. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Roman Catholic family. I know what the problem is. Right there. That is why he's on our show. Yes. End of story. Podcast is over. We'll see you guys next see week. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> John and Kathleen had five children besides Peter. All right, John, Kathleen, I know you're Catholic, but do you know how that shit happens? Pull out, dude. Yes, they do. Fucking and that's not allowed. Dun, dun, well, I knew birth control was, but you can't pull out? That would also be... Yeah, you're not oh, supposed to be right. spilling your seed. Because it says in the Bible, it's better to uh, to put your seed into like a hooker or something like that. On the ground, yeah. But it also says it's better to, to spill your seed inside of a prostitute or something like that than to spill it upon the ground. It's something like that, and I want to say it's in Romans. At any rate, that's the point of... Uh, being raised Southern Bath- Baptist, you fucking memorize bullshit like Yeah. Anywho, Peter was slender, dark-haired, and was, wasn't very tall. He was only about 5'8". I had to it was something. 1946, though. Well... I mean, yeah. the people were taller, but still, he didn't have like the nutrition and all that. So, right, and five were, eight's not know, very tall. So no, it's not. I mean, it's like an inch shorter than I am. So, Carl, Jean, Maureen, and Mick. Well, I don't even know what that's in reference to. What the other kids? Okay, his siblings. Okay, where his siblings? That makes sense. Although Peter showed no signs of psychological or behavioral abnormalities during his childhood, his father was an abusive alcoholic. Of strike he two. Was. That's yep. strike there we two go. right there. That goes with Catholicism. Like yeah, it I is. said, it's the it's yep. that big helping of guilt. Now all he needs is to be molested by a Catholic priest, and that's the trifecta. Yes. 
<sighs> in one instance, his father smashed a beer glass over Peter's head because he was sitting in his father's chair at Christmas. That's Jesus. a great Christmas gift. Yeah, what a prick. Merry Christmas. You know, I've said a million times, I am not the best dad on the world. Matter of fact, I'm a shit father. I really am. Because of the lifestyle I lived all my life. Um, I'm a better dad But now you than own I was. that. But I do. But I'll tell you what, compared to some of the people that wind up, like, not even the serial killers, but their parents. Yeah. I look at them and go, yeah. God <laughs> damn, I should get father of the fucking year. Like, what did you expect your kid to turn out like? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, there's a beer class. Okay. <clears throat> they were frequently whipped, whipped with a belt. John, his father, may have been uh, abusive towards his mother, whom sources say he, con- he constantly disrespected. I can guarantee you he I, was yeah, abusive that's, that's a towards given. That's her. not even yeah. speculative right yeah. there. This guy's a piece of work. Although Peter loved his mother, he was afraid to stand up for it. To add to everything else, he was bullied in school. Trifecta bullied. There we go. Boom. As a result, became a loner. Oh, there's four. This guy's working on a six-pack of problems. Yeah, no kidding. He did not discuss with his family about the bullying issues, uh, his family is bullying issues, with anyone. He, like, kept the, he internalized it. Well, and probably because his dad would have beat the shit out of him because he wasn't standing up for himself to a bully, which probably. In, is completely ridiculous, but it happens. But internalizing is also, that's a number five. Oh, yeah. You got five on that one. Yep. Because when you internalize shit... It's hard to kind of, you, you can't deal with problems when you internalize it. I know. And guys. Well, <laughs> I and, know this from experience. And here's the fucked up thing is us guys, we internalize a lot of shit. Most of us do. Yeah. You know, until you get different life skills of which you, right. you get a, uh, a resource. So you don't have to internalize that stuff. Like for me, I've got a good support system. I have you, I have John, I have Dawn, you know. Yeah. Uh, things like that. They're great resources. Like I can call Dawn at any moment just because I'm pissed. I go. Look, I'm fucking pissed off. This is what the fuck is going on. Blah, 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 and get all pissed. And she, you feel better? I feel, feel way better. I just That's needed cool. a vent. Yeah, yeah. Did you murder anybody today? No. No. Tomorrow's a new day, but today I didn't murder anybody. Yeah. It's a good day then, buddy. Exactly. In late adolescence, Peter was rumored to have hired prostitutes and may have had less than stellar, a stellar experience with a particular one who, along with her pimp, was probably a black guy wearing a crushed velvet hat carrying a cane. Big Daddy Kane. That's right. Big Daddy Kane. <laughs> Driving a big old pimp Cadillac. Yes. <laughs> he was conned out of his money by him. Regardless of whether he actively sought them out, Peter developed an obsession with watching them work on the streets and watching them perform their, quote, duties. He's a voyeur. Yeah. That's, all of us are voyeurs. And anybody who In watches one way or porn, another. Yeah, yeah. If, we wa- if anybody watches porn, you're a voyeur. You're a voyeur. Yeah. I just own that shit, man. Yeah. Like God damn, Peter Peter Lark Peter. Pi- <laughs> I almost said Peter Piper picked a patch of pickled peppers, but okay, let's go with that. Peter largely kept to himself and dropped out of school when he was only fifteen years old. Beauty school dropout. <laughs> There's no graduation day for you. <laughs> we just watched that. <laughs> That's hilarious. We just watched that scene at my mom's house. <laughs> That's my ESP. As a young man, uh. As a young man, he worked a series of odd jobs, including as a grave digger, and at some point as a taxi driver, also known as a lorry driver. Nothing? Nobody's driving a lorry? Fine! <laughs> Fine! Another good band, uh, Red Lorry, Yellow Rory, Lorry. 
Rory. I have banged at least seven girls named Lori. I <laughs> occasionally get called Lori, and it it irrit- it causes great anger in me, and I don't know why. I, I fucking hate being called Lori. No, I, I can actually relate because of what my first name is that I never tell anybody else. Yeah. When they call me that, it... I don't know why I get I, I, I snap it. No, excuse me, my name is Scott. Exactly. That's what's yeah. in quotation marks on that form right there. That's not Do my not name. Do not call me that. Name. Yeah, so don't call me that. And I don't know why. I, that's it's, it's irrationally it's, angry, but it does. It's yeah. just that's yeah. Then the doctor's office like, sir, calm down. Do you have sedatives? Then I'll calm down. Because I want drugs. Yeah. 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 So Peter developed a dark sense of humor, which I can admire that. Between November So 19- have we. Yeah, no shit. I Peter, I'm right there with you, Peter, Peter, Pumpkin Eater. Between 19, November 1971 and April 73, he worked at the Baird Television Factory on packaging line. He quit when he was asked to become an over-the-road salesman. Peter next found employment working nights at the Britannia Works of Ander, Anderton? Anderton, yep. Okay, Anderton International. Good job. I'm almost out of breath saying that shit. In February 1975... He took a redundancy, which is a layoff uh, with severance, and used half of the 400-pound payoff to train as a truck driver. On March 5th of 1976, Peter was fired for stealing used tires. Of all things. Of all things to be fired for. Dude, Peter, you're a dumbass. He remained unemployed until October when he was hired as uh, a driver for TWH Clark Holdings Limited. On Canal Road Industrial Estates in Bradford. That's a lot to say. Can't we just say somewhere in fucking England? Somewhere like, over real, there. Man. Nobody here knows where the hell this place is. I don't know where this place is, where Bradford is. Peter, like the Bradford Exchange. <laughs> We're going to get some plates. I, said, I want some plates with Elvis on them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing says classy like a, like a velvet Elvis painting and a plate. Yes. Commemorative plates. Peter met Sonia Zumara on Valentine's Day. That's February 14th for the you fuckers that don't know. In 1967, which makes no sense. Who doesn't know that? No, no. This says 67. Oh, but I'm that would little, have been a real long engagement. Yeah, I'm a little... They met on Valentine's Day because I think that's a... Yeah, that, anyway, that works. They're married on August 10th of 1974. That could work, though. I mean, that isn't... It's not even 10 years. Well, no, because check this out. Uh, he was like a dropout when he was 15, right? Yeah. So it goes up to 1971 to 73. I'm assuming he's maybe... Okay, I guess it does, maybe. Young. Young but 73. Love. So he would have had to have met... <sighs> Fuck, I don't know. Fuck it. Sonia had several miscarriages. Before being told she would never be able to carry a child to full term. Sonia then resumed training to be a teacher. And during this time, she had an affair with an ice cream truck driver. (laughs) God damn it. That's my new job. Hey, baby. You want the single or the double scoop? I got your big pop right here. Yes. You want a bomb pop? The bomb pop? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. (laughs) Ice cream for everybody. She graduated from the program in 77 and found work as a teacher. Using her salary, Peter and Sonia bought a house in Bradford. Then we get into their the victims. 
Okay, I guess they could have met then because we start in 1969, dude. True. All right. Well, she was having an affair. He was. Uh... <laughs> he was out doing some killing. Yeah. Of hookers. All right. Peter's first document to Saul was of a prostitute who he met while looking for a sex worker who had tricked him out of his money. This is in 69. This happens. A l- oh, maybe that was the same. I think one that's that earlier. first one. Okay. Okay. He had left his friend Traver uh, Birdsell's van and walked up St. Paul Road in, in Bradford until he was out of sight. When he returned, he was out of breath, as though he'd been running, and told Traver to drive away quickly. Peter informed his friend he followed the woman into a parking garage and hit her over the head with a rock that he had put into a sock. Sock and rot. It's a sock and rot. <laughs> rock and sock. Rock'em, sock'em. That's yeah. a rockin', rockin'. Rock'em, sock'em, hooker. Yes. Police visited him the the next day, and the woman noted the license plate of the van. Peter told the officers that he had not hit her, but he did have the rock in his hand. Luckily for him, the hooker didn't want to press any charges. She's like, it's cool, it's cool. You know, he's going to come back because, you know, he got it. I got the money. I got the monies. So I guess I had that coming. I mean, you kind of do. You do. On July 5th of 75, in Neely, Neely, Peter struck again. He attacked Anna Rajoski. We're going to go with that. That that works. Who was walking alone. I go out walking after After midnight midnight. (laughs) out in the moonlight. Just hoping you may be out there walking after midnight not wanting to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) No, this one gets better. He knocked her unconscious with a fucking ball peen hammer. And if you don't know what that is, guys, check this out. It's a hammer, and it's got a rounded end on one side and a flathead hammer on the other. This is pretty fucking brutal. And slashed her stomach with a knife. Now, you'd think that she would have died, right? He was interrupted by a neighbor before killing her. Anna required neurological surgery and survived, but she was psychologically traumatized by the attack. Fuck, so would I be. Uh, yeah. She said, quote, I've been afraid to go out so much because I feel people are staring and pointing at me. The whole thing is making my life a misery. I sometimes wish I'd died in the attack. Just move. No, but still, man. No, I know. I know. I, this poor yeah. girl. God totally. Damn. Fuck. I feel bad for her. Yeah. Peter attacked a woman by the name of Olive Smelt because he smelt her a mile away. <laughs> in Halifax. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> in Halifax on August 15th, he snuck up a, he struck up a conversation with Olive, and it wasn't olive oil from Popeye, before striking her multiple times with the hammer to the back of the head. Then he rearranged her clothes and slashed her lower back with a knife. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thankfully, once again, he was interrupted, leaving her alive. These two are lucky. I, I guess. <laughs> Very. But she was, of course, badly injured. Olive All, also experienced several emotional and mental trauma. Severe, sorry. She told the interviewing officer from uh, Officer Department Superintendent Dick Holland that her attacker had a Yorkshire accent. How can you tell? You guys all sound the same. They do not. 
I know. I just like fucking with them. <laughs> this information was promptly ignored since the location of the attacks didn't have a red light district. Like, Roxanne, <laughs> you don't have to turn on your red light. <laughs> uh, he did sing that this morning because I said we turn on the light and our overhead light is red. <laughs> Guess what, Laura? Your new name is Roxanne. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, little side note, why would that affect the kind of accent the attacker had? Why, that doesn't even make sense, by the way. That's like saying that an attacker in Oregon City, Oregon, couldn't have a Southern or a New York accent. Right. I mean, seriously, you're in Oregon City. Hey, the guy sounded like a hillbilly from Georgia. Well, <laughs> well then it didn't happen here. It didn't happen here. We're going to ignore that because, you know, we have no Southern people in the Pacific Northwest. Ever. Yeah. Ever. The investigation team would be nicknamed the Ripper Squad. <laughs> Which that's what Sounds I like call me show. when I've eaten Taco Bell. Oh, God. Yeah, that's why we don't eat Taco Bell. No, I won't eat Taco Bell. But sometimes I get the bad gas anyway. Yes. <laughs> Dick Holland would become second in command. On August 27th, Peter attacked, and this is a fucked up one, 14-year-old Tracy Brown in Silsden. Silsden, yeah. God damn. She was walking along a country road when he struck her in the head five times from behind. What a prick. No kidding. He was spooked by the lights of a passing car and left his victim injured so badly that she required brain surgery. God. Although Peter wasn't convicted of, his, uh, of the attack, he did confess to committing it in 1992. Wilma McCann, she's related to Barney Rubble. <laughs> Was a divorced mother with four kids ranging from... <laughs> divorced from him. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be around Barney anymore. anymore. I, keep on, I keep on getting pregnant. Yeah. Anyway, her four kids range from two to seven. At least she puts out, as Peter attacked her on October 30th, her children slept in their beds a mere 450 feet away from where she was being murdered. Jeez. Peter struck her in the back of the skull twice with a hammer before stabbing her in the throat. Twice below her right breast, three times below her left breast, nine times around the belly button with a screwdriver. Forensic pathologist Mike Green recalls how, quote, the unusual thing about the stab wounds was that whomever had done it took the time to push the instrument Uh. around and then time to stand back to examine their work. 150 officers from West Yorkshire Police Department conducted 11,000 interviews to no avail. There was little evidence. Police from uh, from the start believed the murder could be uh, the murders could be uh, prostitute related. Which duh, you're 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 around the red light district. You're killing hookers. It's probably related. Dumbasses. <laughs> Does it's not like, make it any less important. Uh, no, it doesn't. That's what people too. They're like, uh, well, just a hooker. We yeah. don't care. Fuck, man. Hookers are people too. And I will say that a million times yes. over. And if you're a hooker listening to this, guess what, sweetheart? I love you too, and you're a fucking person. Don't take no shit. Yeah. yeah they are. They, they work way harder than all of us do. Yeah. Way harder. And they're way more danger than all of us oh, are. Oh, yeah. Man. Love you, hookers. You got my heart. Not my money, but my heart. <laughs> I've never hired a hooker except for being married. Then you definitely pay for sex when you're married. As a woman lived too far from Castletown area of Leeds, 
Castletown was known as the red light district of Leeds, by the way. Uh, they weren't wrong, as Wilma did re- re- resort to prostitution to support her family. In a sad twist of events, though, Wilma's oldest daughter, Sonia Newlands, later committed suicide after battling years of depression and anguish stemming from her mother's murder. Aww. It's jacked up, man. Yeah. See how everything is like the domino effect, man. So now let's jump forward to 1976. I was still young then. I wasn't even here yet. I was like three years old. (laughs) God damn, you're a baby. (laughs) Now I do have to chase you around with my robe on. I wouldn't get here until 1982. That's that's hot. The very beginning. Then you have to look at me and go, don't touch me there, mister. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucking, I got to talk to my fucking shrink. 42-year-old Emily Jackson and her husband were experiencing financial troubles when her husband convinced her to try prostitution and use their van to do so. Okay, yeah. What are you going to do, though, also? Maybe what he's are you going to do? You ever okay, thought about well, that? Maybe he's out there. He's like, hey, look, like on Mondays and Tuesdays, you give up the pussy, and then the like two days, I'll go blow dudes. We don't know. All right, well, that's fair. Maybe he's a cock gobbler. Emily encountered Peter outside the... Gaiety. Is that Gaiety? Yep. Okay, I was looking, it doesn't look right. I, thought, I almost said Gatsby. The Gaiety Pub on January 20th, 1976. Peter picked uh, her up and they drove about a half mile to a rundown building on Enfield Terrace in the Manor Industrial Estate. Enfield, by the way, is where the second Conjuring movie takes place, just in case you wanted to know. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yes. Fun facts with Laura, <laughs> in case you wanted to know. We know that spatchcocking isn't, uh, we've learned that spatchcocking isn't a sexual position. <laughs> Women's vaginas are called muffins. Yes. Um, hers was dried out after the last episode. Yes. Okay, no, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on track. Oh, man. Peter hit Emily over the head with a hammer, dragged her body into uh, garbage-littered grounds, Used a sharpened Phillips head screwdriver to stab her in the neck, chest, and abdomen 56 times. Damn. He, stopped on, he stomped on her thigh so hard that it left an impression of his size seven boot. Jeez. Little tiny feet. He has little petite feet. Told you, he's a little petite man, little yes. girly boy. Yeah. Peter attacked 20-year-old Marcella Claxton in round... Round Hay Parks leads on May 9th. She was walking home from a party when she accepted a ride from Peter Peter the Pumpkin Eater. No more hitchhiking. Again. I'm, I think I'm going to wear Daisy Dukes and I'm going to hitchhike. <laughs> and I'm going to record that shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's like because you think it's hot and you're going to be masturbating to it. <laughs> At some point, Peter pulled over so she could pee. And I would do that. Maybe not on me, but... People got to pee. When she got out, he hit her from behind with his trusty hammer. Marcella was four months pregnant at the time of the attack. And although she managed to survive the attack, her baby did not. Yeah. Marcella required multiple extensive brain surgeries and had experienced intermittent blackouts and chronic depression. Well, you think so? You got your bang, your brains bashed in. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah, that's that's pretty well. That's a showstopper right there, motherfuckers. 
On February 5th of 77, Irene Richardson and a Chapel Town prostitute was found by a dog walker. All the dog walkers. It's joggers, dog walkers, hikers. Yes. They're the ones who find the bodies. I don't find bodies in my living room. Just saying. Or at the local bar. No. Oh, my God. She was laying uh, partially face down with her legs facing the road and her head away from it. This is in the same position of which Emily Jackson had been discovered. Irene's shoes were set on her legs and her purse was beside her with the contents laid out neatly next to her. Peter mutilated her corpse with a knife. Tire tracks near the scene left a long list of possible vehicles. Well, he stole all those tires. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he could just change his he tires change every time. Like, huh, this one belongs to a Pontiac. Yes. This one belongs to a BMW. This one's a Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> we don't know where to look. Call Scotland Yard. <coughs> Patricia, Tina is what she went by, uh, Atkinson, a known prostitute from Bradford, was found murdered. In her flat, which is an apartment, by the way, for us Americans that don't know what a flat is. It's an apartment. Investigators found a footprint on the sheets. Two months later, 16-year-old Jane McDonald was murdered in Chapeltown. Jane was not a prostitute, by the way. Mm. Her death alarmed the public, and now any woman was a potential victim. And you want to know why? Because she wasn't a prostitute. When he was out there... I'm going I'm to I'm keep my Yep, it low. didn't matter at all when he was killing prostitutes. Yep. But now, now just, it's a problem. Every time we run into this, I know that I get loud and I know that I get a little violent. Because it pisses me off. Yeah. Because when they're killing hookers, nobody gives a flying fuck. Even though these women have kids, they got families. They have they got, lives. They got lives. They, they got people that actually love them. Uh, yeah. But because of their chosen profession, whether you agree with it or not, it's okay to kill them. They're less than human. But you go and you kill a 16-year-old girl who's not a hooker, and all of a sudden people lose their shit. You mm-hmm. know what? You guys want to act like you're fucking all righteous and shit like that? Fuck yourself. Yeah. You need to care about the hookers as much as you care about this fucking 16-year-old. Agreed. It's fucking ridiculous. According to police, she was, uh, she was in their eyes... The first innocent victim. Oh, yeah. See, the other ones deserved it because yep. of what they did. And there we go. Right there. Oh, she was an innocent, the first innocent victim. The others were prostitutes. Fuck yourselves. Yeah. Like, this, this, this just pisses me the fuck off. Yeah. Because these are all people, man. Everybody deserves equal. People bitch all the time. And this is on both sides here in the States, whether you're conservative or liberal. People, equal rights, equal rights, equal rights. There's no equal rights. Because if hookers die here, nobody fucking cares. Yep, yep. You know, but if somebody kills somebody... Okay, let's say you have a guy who works at the Firestone Tire Center. who's an alcoholic. And he smacks his family around a little bit. If he dies because he's working a regular 9-to-5 job, people will lose their shit. That's a tragedy. Yeah, that's a tragedy. That's horrible. But this hooker, if she dies, somebody murders her, nobody fucking cares. Nope. Donkulous. Yes. I need drugs just dealing with this bullshit. <laughs> I don't I don't think people listening realize that sometimes it really does how it affects us. Yeah. It, 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 because I, I, I believe 
I know that I make a lot of jokes, okay, guys? I make jokes about every race, including white people. I make jokes about every religion. I really, I, I make jokes about everything. However, when it comes down to it, everybody honestly should have equal rights. It doesn't matter if you're a felon or not a felon. Mm-hmm. It should be based on the acts that you're doing right now. Right. Or if you're a hooker or not a hooker, if you're a housewife or you work in a factory, if you're a dude riding a, a Harley with a biker gang, or you're a dude who's riding a motorcycle with just some friends, it should be truly fucking equal. I agree. But it's not. Yeah. When, pe- when people that are considered a lower class get killed, well, fuck, somebody can kill 10, 20, what, 30 of them? Mm-hmm. Before they go, oh, we might have a problem. But if one scumbag who's been beating his family and is a chronic alcoholic and things like that, who happens just to work at a regular job, gets killed, oh, then everybody's up in arms. It's it's horrible. It's fucking ridiculous. It is. Just eats at my very soul. Okay, let's try to finish this before I fucking okay. <laughs> start yelling again because we're only a quarter way through it, or third way through it. During July in Bradford, Mar- uh, Marine Long was brutally assaulted. Peter was interrupted and left her for dead. Even though her murder was interrupted, Marine was suffering <coughs> from what the fuck? Hypothermia. Is that? <coughs> yeah. Gotcha. I'm over here coughing and choking. Because just because. don't die. <coughs> it would be a die? tragedy. <laughs> that would. It's fucked up. He died from... Then they're going to have to go arrest grass pollen and tree pollen. <laughs> Better get a task force for that shit. Yes. Anyway, she suffered from hypothermia in addition to her other injuries. Before she was found, she spent nine weeks... Oh, that's what... She had the injuries before she was found. Yes. She spent nine weeks in a hospital. <clears throat> a witness misi- uh, misidentified the make of Peter's car, causing the futile effort of 300 officers to check thousands of vehicles in vain. Oh, God. Great job. That's... You blew it. Fucking awesome (laughs) detective work there, guys. It's just badass. Well, it's the witness. But still, you gotta go, okay, you shouldn't dedicate that many guys. Like, seriously, you go check a bunch of cars, but 300 people, that many man hours when you could have been out there trying to track the real killer? You know, probably like, could have caught him in the act. I bet you, you I bet you O.J. Simpson could have used these 300 officers so they could <laughs> find his, the real killer of, uh, of his ex-wife. Yes. On October 1st, Jean Jordan, a prostitute from Manchester, was murdered. <clears throat> in the wasteland behind Manchester's Southern Cemetery, Peter later realized the brand new five-pound note, a.k.a. a fiver. You want a fiver? It's like a five-dollar bill. He had given Gene was traceable. Oh. Yeah. When he was done uh, hosting the family party at his new home, he returned to the scene of the crime and searched for the money. He couldn't find it. (coughs) You finally started a paper trail. And I'm glad. Yeah. You kick him in the nuts. Eight days later. Sorry, I'm going to take a hit off my inhaler. I'm all fucked up. Poor Scott. Oh, it's allergies, man. Can't take enough pills. Eight days later, Jordan's body was discovered by a local dairy worker. A future actor, Bruce Jones, appeared in uh, 
Coronation Street, the Full Monty. <coughs> Celebrity wife swap. That's got to be a porn. <laughs> and famous, <laughs> rich, and homeless, among other things. Uh, tell me more about that wife swap. I'm kind of interested in that. <laughs> I mean, is she hot? Big tits? <laughs> it's not hot wife swap. Oh. Sorry. That could be a British wife swap. Yeah, British wife swap. Oh, that's that's a grab bag. Like, that got to be honest, man. Like, you might pull out one that you go, yeah, that's fucking hot. You might pull out one that goes, oh, Jesus oh, Christ, damn. don't they have dental care? Like, what's happening with your grill there? <laughs> God damn, it's like a piranha. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce owned a plot of land adjoining the site where Jordan's body was found. The fiber was found in a secret compartment of Jordan's purse, and it was traced to uh, branches of the middle bank in Shipley and Bingley. Police uh, police analysis of banking operations narrowed the list of potential suspects to 8,000 employees who could have received it with their wages. Over the course of three months, investigators interviewed 5,000 men. This included, by the way, Peter Peter, the pecker eater. <laughs> He's attacking hookers. I don't like him. Exactly. It's not even, okay, I don't even, I don't like the fact that, that he killed the teenagers, okay? That's, that, that truly is a tragedy. But the fact of that he's picking on sex workers and that nobody gives a shit, that, that just, anyway. He's a pooper eater. Poofta? Yeah, that's, What's that's, a poofta? It's a homosexual. It's, it's a slang. Oh, slang term. Okay. Oh my god, I didn't even know that. He's a poofta eater, which is a slang derogatory term towards homosexuals in England. That is what he is now. I will make fun of this bastard every freaking <laughs> chance I get. Of course, since he had spent most of the evening at his family's party at his own house, this was a credible alibi. (coughs) This was incredibly frustrating to investigators to have an important clue which appeared to lead to a dead end. No pun intended. (coughs) (laughs) Quite literally, a dead end. I'm fucking dying. And I'm taking a ton of allergy meds today. We were talking about a certain person crushing up pills and snorting them. I'm ready to do that with fucking allergy pills. Yeah. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, cut them up like I used to do cocaine on a <laughs> mirror, pull out a dollar bill, and like fucking uh, snuffle yeah. up against that shit. Yeah. On December 14th, Marilyn Moore, a prostitute, of course, from Leeds, was attacked. She survived and was able to provide a description of her attacker and his car. The sketch was a strong match to Peter Peter the... Poofta. The Poofta Ida. Tire tracks at the scene matched those found at previous crime scenes, and the description matched one which had been seen in the red light district with Roxy. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't help myself. Don't blame me because I'm retarded. Never gonna gonna let you down. Never gonna let you down. That's the only fucking song he sang that was any good. That's what amazes me. That one hit wonder, and he still rides it. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> I hope he does. <laughs> I hope he's still making money off that. He is. I've seen a lot of things. Like, he opened up his own bar with different beers based off of that song. <laughs> 
That's, yeah, he's, he's milking that's it great. for all of his worth. And I don't Good. blame him. I don't either. Yeah, fuck yeah. Anything right you that. can make money on. Ride that mule until it drops over. That's my theory. Yes. Diatrax at the scene mentions the final paper. Okay, Peter was once again interviewed, but disregarded as a suspect by the investigators. As he would continue to be on several more occasions. What the fuck? Why? Oh, yeah. oh, they like spending time with them. They sit back. They sip a little tea. They have a crumpet. Yeah. What? With crannies. <laughs> with crannies. Not grannies. <laughs> he is. From down on Drury Lane. Police stopped investigating the money lead uh, in January of 78. That month, Peter killed Yvonne Peterson, a Pearson, a 21-year-old prostitute from Bradford's near, from Bradford near Lum Lane, L-U-M-B, by the way. I'm not, like, stuttering. <laughs> he struck her several times in the head with a hammer, stuffed horsehair into her mouth from an abandoned sofa under which he hid her body. They stuff pillows with horsehair there? God damn, now we know what happened to Miss Tread. <laughs> I'm sorry, I need a moment for the talking horse. <laughs> Sad. A moment of silence. A moment of silence for Mr. Red. Yes, he is. He's good. Somebody's going to sound that couch and they're going to hear, Whoa, Wilbur, you got a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? It's me, Wilbur. You need a diet. <laughs> <clears throat> a mere 10 days later, Peter murdered Helen Rika. An 18-year-old from Huddersfield. He struck her in the head five times as she attempted to exit his vehicle at Garland's Timber Yard. Peter stripped most of her clothes off of her body, positioning her bra and jumper, which is like like a pants and shit, right? It's um. That's what I thought it was, but it's it's not in England. It's a dress. Is it? it basically? Okay, that's why. Okay, yeah. Because I was just thinking like a kid's jumper, but it's not. Anyway, her jumper above her, her breasts and stabbed her repeatedly in the chest. Helen's body was found three days later under the railway arches in the yard. Peter later said, I had the urge to kill any woman. The urge inside of me to kill girls was now practically uncontrollable. Clearly. That sounds like me with porn. November 8th, Peter's mother died. Dead. She had suffered from angina for years. Yeah, I didn't even say vagina or make a joke, did I? No, I'm pretty proud of myself. Well, now you just did. I did now. (laughs) Chest pain and discomfort caused when your heart muscle doesn't get enough oxygenated blood. So she wasn't even a vampire, so she was fucked. On April 4th of 79, after most of the year... Uh, most of a year's hiatus from murder. Peter killed Josephine Whitaker. Josephine was a 19-year-old building society clerk and was walking home when she was attacked on Seville Park Moor in Halifax. In spite of discovering forensic evidence, the investigator was sidetracked for months following the delivery of a taped recording allegedly from the killer. The message taunted the lead investigator, Assistant Chief Constable George Oldfield of the West Yorkshire Police. Imagine having that on a business card. That's a mouthful. You would need four business cards just to give them one name. 
Jane. It has the arrow that's like flipping over. Continue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you keep flipping. You go to next card. Yeah. On that on the tape, a man's voice said, "I am Jack. I see you're having no luck catching me. I have great respect for you, George." But, Lord, you're no nearer catching me now than four years ago when I, was, when I started. Based on the recording, investigators began searching for a man uh, with a wearside accent. <coughs> Linguistics experts narrowed it down to the Castletown area of Sutherland. Tiny Ware. Okay. The hoaxer was not <laughs> the uh, where's side Jack. Wow. I can so make so many sex jokes with that. The where's side Jack. That's fantastic. And <laughs> sent two letters to the police on the Daily Mirror in March of 1978. The letters claimed responsibility for the murders of 26-year-old Joanne Harrison in November of 75 and were assigned Jack the Ripper. Not even nice fucking try. Creative. Yeah. That's... Give me a break, dude. That's not even fucking remotely creative. Sit your goddamn lame ass down. You're not that good. <laughs> you don't get no clotted cream for you. No. No crumpets. Just sit down. Analysis of the envelope showed the sender had the same blood type as the Ripper, which only 6% of the population possessed. Peter murdered 20-year-old Bradford University student Barbara Leach. I'm Bobby Leach, and I don't know why. <laughs> Lifestyles of the rich and famous. Welcome to the lifestyles of the rich and not so famous. <laughs> Here we're in the studio of Scott Alexander, <laughs> where he spent all of his money on guitars and not enough on a house. <laughs> <laughs> on September 1st, her body was dumped under a pile of bricks at the rear of 13 Ashgrove, which was close to both her school, was close to both her school and where she lived. This was his sixteenth attack. Wow, he's racking up the numbers. He isn't sure he? is. The murder was another non-prostitute once again, and it alarmed the public. Oh, it's oh not a hooker. Boy. He's not killing hookers. Yep. We have to get him now. Yeah, it's a non-profit uh, organization. A costly. Publicity campaign emphasized the Wearside connection. In spite of the misdirection, Peter was interviewed on two separate occasions. Yet, although the multiple forensic clues matched, and his name was on was on the narrowed down list of three hundred employees who couldn't who could have received the fiver uh, found in Jordan's purse, he was still not considered a strong suspect. Wow! I wonder if he's a Jedi. I'm not the man you're looking for. You're like, you're not the man we're looking for. Carry on. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Have a crumpet. Have a crumpet. Yes. Be stuck on crumpets for a little while. In April of 1980, Peter was arrested for drunk driving. While awaiting trial, he murdered 47-year-old Marguerite Walls on August 20th and 20-year-old Jacqueline Hill on November 17th. Jacqueline was a student at Leeds University, and her body was found in the wastelands near Arndale Center. <coughs> Don't die. <coughs> I am working on it, but there's no guarantees. I'm pretty well going to fucking die right here behind a mic. <laughs> he died doing what he loved. <laughs> 
masturbating and playing with grannies? <laughs> I wish. Throw some midgets in there. That's a party. Three additional women were attacked and survived. Here we go. I knew I had to lead to this. Apandia Bendara. We're just going to go with that. That's not even a name. A, a, a pop. <coughs> yeah. 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 Good luck with that one. And leads on September 24th. An art student, Maureen, she went by Mo, because you need Mo, Mo girls. <laughs> Lee. On October 24th, and 16-year-old Teresa Skies, Sykes was attacked in Huddersfield on November 5th. So now, good old Peter Peter got arrested. <coughs> remember but are Peter's they going to keep him, finally? <laughs> well, y'all remember Peter's good old friend, Trevor Birdsell? The uh, irreverent you know, getaway driver from the first attack mm-hmm. in good old 1969, the summer of love. On November 5th, he went to the police and reported Peter as a suspect. He had initially written a letter the previous day, but decided to follow up in person. On January 2nd of 81, Peter was stopped by the police while he had Olivia Rivera's, a 24-year-old prostitute, in the car. Oh, boy. Yeah. Probationary Constable Robert Hades <coughs> discovered that he had faked plates on his car. He had a fake plate on his car. Ooh. Yeah. Peter was promptly arrested and transferred to Dewberry Police Station in West Yorkshire. While in custody, he was questioned about the Yorkshire Ripper case, seeing as he matched many of the physical characteristics of the killer. And that goes with it, it walks like a duck yes. and it quacks like a duck. It's probably a fucking duck. (laughs) The next day, investigators returned to the scene of the arrest. There they discovered a knife, a hammer, and rope which had been stashed when Peter had slipped away momentarily to pee. I got to take a porte. Okay, go ahead. No problem. (laughs) I'm not hiding anything over here. No, we don't think you are. Don't look over here. No, we're looking away, really. Okay, put that over here. You sure you're okay? Yes, I'm just taking away. Mm-hmm. Really not hiding anything. And then they found his shit. A second knife was hidden in the toilet at the police station when he was permitted to use the restroom. <coughs> police were granted a search warrant for his residence and his wife was brought in for questioning. That's right. Bring that twat in, too. I can't believe she's still married to him. I haven't gotten that far, is she? I th- I thought she was. It's his wife. It says his wife. It doesn't say ex-wife. Well, that's his wife at the time. Yeah. Maybe he gets conjugal vengeance, too. At that point, I mean, at that point, I can't believe she was still married to him. Well, he had just gotten arrested. Anyway, Peter was stripped at the police station. He was wearing an inverted V-neck jumper under his pants. The sleeves had been pulled down over his legs, and the V-neck exposed his genitals. Hey, baby, you want to see my genitals? Oh, boy. Would you like to see my jubblies? <laughs> you can come over here for tea time. They're dunkable. The fronts of the elbows were padded. He probably needed those on his knees, too, or at least yes. those in prison. Thus padding his knees. Oh, there we go. <laughs> as he knelt over his victims. Well, you need that for a whole different reason there, Pete. Mm-hmm. Just saying. 
The sexual implications of the outfit were considered obvious, but not made public until 2003. Wow. On January 4th of 81, after two days of intense questioning, Peter suddenly confessed to being the Ripper. He calmly described his attacks. A week later, he claimed, God made, God made me do it. Saying, sure. quote, the women I, lo- I-, I killed were filth, bastard prostitutes who were littering the streets. I was just cleaning up the place a bit. Wow. What an arrogant fucking brick. And not all of them were. What about those God ones? Damn. This guy just won my asshole award of the month. This guy's a sugar tits. 100%. He gets sugar tits of the month. He's not as bad as Hermolka, but goddamn. That's yeah. What a fucking dick. Peter told his wife uh, what he had done himself. He says, quote, I personally told Sonia what I what had happened after my arrest. I asked the police not to tell her. Oh, that's mighty wide of you, dickhead. Yeah. Just to bring her in and let me explain. She had no idea, not a clue. I never had any blood on me or anything. There was nothing to link me. I was taking my clothes home and taking my clothes off and doing my own washing. I was working all day long, and she was working as a teacher, so I could only do it at night. She was deeply shocked when I told her. You think? I bet she was. That's that's a stupid statement. Of course she's going to be shocked, you dickhead. You did what? And she couldn't believe it. Well, of course, man. That's a pretty shocking thing to tell somebody. Yeah. Like, let me lay this on you, mama. And it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. No, I fucking did that shit because I'm an asshole. You're like, I think you know what's happening next. Uh, I'm going to be asking for a divorce. (laughs) I think I need a divorce. No, I think you need one too. Yeah. (laughs) During his confession, the only time he showed remorse was when talking about the murder of Jane McDonald. He was insistent he did not kill Joan Harrison. Joan's case was only linked to the Ripper murders by the claims of the, quote, Wareside Jack in the 2011 DNA analysis revealed it was uh, a... it was convicted sex offender Christopher Smith who had killed Joan Harrison, who had died in 2008. So, like, all was, right, you get off on that one. Yeah, he was legit. He didn't kill that one. Peter changed, uh, was charged on January 5th of 81. He pled not guilty to those charges, but attempted to plead guilty to 13 counts of manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility. His offense was he was simply a tool of God. Right. Yeah, okay. Oh, you're a tool, all right. You're a tool, yeah. <clears throat> he claimed that he had heard voices while he was a grave digger, ordering him to kill prostitutes coming from the headstone of a Polish man named... What, is that Koslaw? Bra- Braunenslaw Zapolski. See, I can pronounce that. I but, thought they uh, said <laughs> Koslaw at first. I'm all, wow, that sounds delicious. <laughs> I'm going to become a grave digger if I get good coleslaw. Uh, Peter also pled guilty to seven charges of attempted murder. The prostitution... The the prostitution should be prosecuting him. The prosecution uh, intended on accepting the pleas after four psychiatrists diagnosed him with paranoid schizophrenia. uh, However, the trial judge, Justice Celeste Borham... That's so fucking regal. Yes. Required the prosecution to provide an exceptionally detailed explanation of the prosecution's reason for accepting a lesser charge. 
After two hours listening to the testimony of the psychologist and other, another 40 minutes of legal uh, discussion, the judge rejected the plea and insisted the case be ha- uh, handled by a jury. <clears throat> That's jacked up. That's a fucking hardcore judge, man. Mm-hmm. Fuck. So the trial was set for May 5th of 81 and it lasted two weeks. That's not very long for a murder case. God dang. They probably didn't have to deliberate very long. No, okay, well, two weeks, man. I've seen carjackings and, you know, last fucking, months and months. Yeah, it lasts way longer than hell. Burglary without actually getting anything except for caught lasts yeah. fucking a year. Two weeks later, they're like, no, you're guilty. Fuck you. You're done. Stretch a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. And you just can't hide and it. I just can't hide it. It should be rainy man in my bedroom right now. I'm oh, sorry. That's the game he coming out. <laughs> I'm a poof dog. Yay. The trial was set for May 5th and lasted two weeks. The jury heard the testimony of four psychiatrists, but ultimately dismissed their evidence and found Peter guilty on all counts. He was sentenced to 20 concurrent life sentences. The jury decision may have been sowed by the... Swayed. Swayed, sorry, swayed by a prison officer who had overheard Peter tell his wife that if he convinced people he was crazy, then he might only get 10 years in a mental hospital. Keep your mouth shut, motherfuckers. Okay, keep your look, mouth I shut. I can't and... keep you dipshits from being murderers. Okay, I can't. But there's only two things that you should say in court or in jail. You ready for this? Jack and shit. Yeah. Don't say a fucking thing. And Jack left a recording. Yeah, and Jack left fucking town and took a shit with him. Keep the fucking mouth. There's some people go, I'm going to get up on the witness stand and explain this to the jury. I'll be fine. It's not going to be fine. You're getting the death penalty. When as his wife, I'd be like, you think that I'm going to let that happen? Ten years. I want you... Nobody wants you back out after ten minute. years. Hold on. You mean you wouldn't sleep with me after ten years of me being in a nut hut? Um, not for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> not for that. <laughs> you killed how many women? No. I'm sorry. I broke it hard now. Just because I killed a few women? A few. <laughs> Just hookers. <laughs> I need a pasta like, I'm salad sure and a motivational you're, you're never getting out. <laughs> Justice Borum said Peter was beyond redemption and recommended a minimum sentence of 30 years. He would be eligible for parole in 20... Uh, was. Should be was. Uh, uh, eligible for parole in 2011. But on July 16th of 2010, the high court issued a whole life tariff. <clears throat> this means he would never be released. Good. Yeah, which is awesome. In 92, Peter admitted to two more attacks. Those of Tracy Brown in 75 and Ann Rooney. Not Mickey Rooney, Ann Rooney. <laughs> in 1979. The prosecution deemed it was not in the public's best interest to pursue charges. Which is true. He's already in there. He's never getting out. Yeah. In part due to the victim's wishes to remain anonymous. And I think I wrote this part. There was no evidence of... This is kind of what got me while reading this, by the way. There was no evidence of any kind of rape or mutilation to the genitals. I noticed that, too. Yeah. And that's why you see that highlighted or in bold right there. Because I had written that. And that kind of fascinated me. Because usually when hookers are attacked, 
there is at least at bare minimum mutilation to the genitalia. Yeah. Now, Grant, there was stabbing under left and right breasts, but there was no stabbing through the breast. Right. And there was no mutilation to the vaginal area. Just the torso. I thought that torso was interesting, neck. too. Back of the head, torso, neck. That, that's where he struck. So I found that really Different. Odd. It's very different, yeah. So he's not a basic bitch. And don't get me wrong. He's a sugar tits. But he's not a basic bitch. <coughs> the West Yorkshire Police Investigation. Uh, this is police criticism, by the way. The West Yorkshire Police Investigation has been heavily criticized for being so grossly ill-prepared for an investigation of this scale. Yeah. It's easy to say, hey, the clues were there right in front of you the whole time. Peter had been questioned a total of nine times and released. However, it's important to remember that this, that this was one of the largest investigations by a British police force and predated computers. Oh, that's true. Oh, you're going to love the next part because we talked about this one. Not you and I, but Don and I did. Evidence was handwritten on index cards and cross-referenced <laughs> by hand. Wow. To provide perspective on the sheer scope of the paperwork investigators would have had to wade through to cross-reference the information, the floor of the uh, incident room had to be reinforced to cope with the weight of the paper. Goddamn. Television appear, appeals for information generated thousands more documents. Like, we're going to have to put this in the basement. Yeah, it's like we need to rent a warehouse with a concrete floor uh -huh. because it's heavy shit. In 1982, the Bayford Report, which wasn't released to the public until 2006, reviewed the investigation and heavily criticized Oatfield's leadership. That was the lead investigator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just the uh, instance of focusing on the hoax tape to the uh, exclusion of following up other leads, but the dismissal of the testimony from surviving victims and several specialists, including dialect analysis and profilers from the FBI who told him the recordings were a hoax. Peter was eliminated as a suspect because he did not fit the profile of the Wareside Jack. The report also says that Peter likely killed before and during his known time frame, stating, We feel it's highly improbable that the crimes in respect of which uh, Sutcliffe had been charged and convicted are only one, the only ones attributed to him. This feeling is reinforced by examining the details of the number of assaults on women since 1969, which in some, in some ways clearly fall into the established pattern of Sutcliffe's overall modus operandi. I hasten to add that I feel sure that the senior police officers in the areas concerned are also mindful of the possibility, but... In order to ensure full account is taken of all the information available, I have to arrange for an effective liaison to take place. It's a lot to say. Christ. Yeah. The Bayford report included the ineffectiveness of the major incident room uh, was a serious handicap to the Ripper investigation. While it should have been the effective nerve center of the whole police operation, the backlog of unprocessed information resulted in a failure to connect vital pieces of related information. This serious fault in the central index system allowed Peter Suff 
Sutcliffe to continue to slip through the net. And we have some possible other victims, too. Um, Carol Wil- Wilkinson was bludgeoned over the head with a stone in Bedford in October 10th of 77. Her, ha- her body had been posed and partially stripped, with her pants and underwear pulled down and her bra lifted up. <clears throat> Nine days after Peter killed Jean Jordan, I guess that's when she was found, her, her, murder, her murder was initially considered as a ripper kill, but then was dismissed as such since she was not a prostitute. It wasn't until two years later police were willing to admit that it wasn't just a prostitute, the pro- prostitutes that were his victim pool. <coughs> just prostitutes. Still, like, they're just not... Right, right, right. Yeah. I gotta get another drink from dying. The thing is, Anthony had been convicted solely on the confession he had made after intense questioning. This is the guy that they got for that murder. On the grounds that he would be able to see a lawyer if he confessed. Detective John Hobson did not believe the confession and noted it lacked any details of the murders. Yet, he was still convicted. (laughs) He was convicted just on that, but the actual guy just kept slipping through their fingers over and over again. Right, right. And that's just one example of uh, possible victims right, and right. shit like that. Let me have some follow-up on this, okay? The case involving the hoaxer was reopened in 2005. DNA from envelopes were entered into the national database It was and found a match. John Samuel Hubble, an unemployed alcoholic, longtime resident of Fort Estates in Sun- uh, Sunderland, which is a few miles from Castletown. The details contained in the letter had been collected from gossip and pubs and gleaned information from newspapers. In 2001, his DNA had been collected after uh, a drunken disorderly charge. On October 20th of 2005, John was charged with uh, perverting the court. The per- that is perverting, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Perverting the course of justice and convicted on March 21st of 2006. He was sentenced to eight years and died on July 30th of 2019 at 63 years old. Bye-bye, loser. (laughs) After his conviction, Peter changed his last name to Coonan, which was, of course, his mother's maiden name. On January 10th of 81, he started serving his sentence at HM Prison Parkhurst. Although he was deemed sane at trial, Peter was later diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. <clears throat> Attempts to send him to a secure psychiatric hospital were blocked. Good. While, while there, he was attacked by James Costello. Isn't that a singer? I'm thinking of Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello. Never mind. For me, I'm thinking Who I can't James. stand, yeah, by the way. He's not a great... No. Yeah. I got issues with that one. <clears throat> because, yeah, he's just... He shouldn't even be in the in the pool. Um, who had several convictions for violence in in the hospital wing? James struck him twice with a broken coffee jar on the left side of his face, creating four wounds, which required thirty stitches. You just be like, now imagine that was a hammer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You didn't get the hammer, but every time you see these stitches, I want you to think about that. Yeah. In March of 84, Peter was sent to Broadmoor Hospital under Section 47 of the Mental Health Act of 1983. Peter's wife legally separated from him around 1989, and they divorced in 1994. It means she's single. 
Come call me, sweetheart. <laughs> Sound hot and old. Mm. On February 23rd of 96, he was attacked in his room in Broadmoor uh, Henley Ward. Paul Wilson attempted to strangle him with a cable from a pair of headphones. On March 10th of 97, Ian Kay attempted to kill Peter with a pin to the eye. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fucking karma, dude. God damn. This is what you get. Next on the wheel of tragedy of karma. Fuck. Yeah. Peter lost his vision in his left eye and his right eye was severely damaged. Peter's father died in 2004 on January 17th, 2005. He was granted temporary release to visit the site where his ashes had been scattered. His alcoholic, abusive father, like he gave a shit. Yeah, he didn't. To he go see that. Out. He just wanted out. Yeah, yeah. He just wanted out. He was escorted by four staff members. This made front page news. On December 22nd, 2007, Peter was attacked again <laughs> by Patrick Segrunda lunged at him with a knife saying, you fucking I'm sorry, you fucking raping, murdering bastard I'll blind your other fucking one <laughs> Is that good? Yeah, That like was that good one? Yeah, All that right. was good. On February 17th of 2009, Peter was deemed well enough to leave Broadmoor How? How? Oh How? How? This man has been attacked 80, 90, fucking 10,000 times Like, there's nothing left of him Like, for real at least he can't see <laughs> to do anymore. That's even scarier. I yeah. can't see him coming. <laughs> <laughs> even when they're breathing hard. On February 17, 2009, Peter was deemed well enough to leave Broad, uh, Broadmoor. The next month, Secretary of State uh, for Justice Jack Straw said, although it would be ultimate, it would ultimately be up to the parole board, he felt that all the evidence that had that I had seen on this case, and it's a great deal, suggests to me that there are no circumstances in which this man should be released. Good. Which I agree. Yes. In 2015, Peter was uh, reassessed by psychiatrists and deemed no longer mentally ill. He grew out of his paranoid schizophrenia. No, that happens all the time, right? <laughs> He's a murderer, but don't worry, it's just a phase. He'll grow out of it. A phase killer. That's a thing now. That's going to be a thing. <clears throat> In 2016, a tribunal declared he no longer needed clinical treatment and could uh, be returned to prison. Peter was transferred to HM Prison Franklin in August of 2016. Peter died at the University Hospital of North Durham on November 13, 2020. He was 74 freaking years old. Jeez. I like that he lived a long life and he got attacked yes. that many times. Like, it's fucking karma, man. Yes, That's what it you is. get. You get attacked that many times because you you attacked the innocent working girls. Mm-hmm. You know, and granted, I, I feel bad for the teenagers. I really do, and the innocent girls that died. Of course, but, but they're all they're all, all worth the, something. Yeah. He had two weeks previously been admitted for symptoms of a heart attack. This time he had COVID-19. <laughs> COVID got him. I've never been so happy to give good news about COVID. Yes. Like, seriously. This is done. Peter refused treatment. Good. Yeah. Um, his body was cremated and private. Uh, and a private e- er, secret funeral was held by his <laughs> ex-wife. His family was not included. Like, get out of here, you blokes. You didn't love him like oh, I did, even though we're divorced and I wanted to get some dick. 
some spotted well, you dick. Know, from the ice cream man. From the ice cream man. <laughs> she knew the muffin man, too. <laughs> Okay, so final thoughts. Do you believe that Peter Sutcliffe was actually paranoid schizophrenic, or was he trying to fool people so he can get a lesser or easier sentence? He was trying to fool. Yeah. He was. He was. He was bullshitting. I agree. I think he was. Yeah. He was so full of shit. He might as well have been called the pooper scooper. Yeah. So, do you think uh, his year-long hiatus was a cool-down period, or do you think that there's more unknown victims? I bet there's more unknown victims because he. He killed so many. Like, yeah, I would agree. I don't think he would take a year off. No, you know, I, I don't think he could control himself that long. No, there's no way, man. It's at that point, it's a compulsion. It's it's yeah. part of your it's part of your routine. And I'm a good example of routine. So I don't know if I told you guys might not know, but every Friday because I get off really early. Yeah. When I come when I'm on my way home, I stop by uh, Antojos, which is a Mexican place. And I get a chicken burrito. Mm-hmm. And I get a medium soda. And I sit in the Walmart parking lot by myself. And I eat my burrito. And I drink my soda. And I play games. Um, because I, I just I don't want to come straight home. Right. It's your end of the week ritual. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my routine. Until yeah. this last Friday. I changed huh. my routine. They I've been looking at this special they have, which is a burrito and two tacos mm-hmm. for like nine bucks. And I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And I'm glad I did. They have great spicy pork tacos. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was in love. Like, I've never wanted to hump the tortilla lady so bad in my life. And she's old, old. <laughs> Nothing sexier than an older lady, though, making tortillas. Right. That's <laughs> amazing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a creature of habit. And so and I think that Peter is, too, or was. Was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he enjoyed killing. It's part of what made him him. Right. And taking a year off? Yeah, I think that there's other bodies. I agree. One little final note. Netflix has The Ripper. A movie called The Ripper, which is based on this case. All right, folks. First off, y'all have yourselves an awesome Friday. Make sure to go out there. If you're going to drink, don't drink and drive. Make sure that you get laid, whether it's male, female, or whatever. Consensually. Consensually. Don't. Number one, leave my hookers alone. Okay, don't beat him up. <laughs> don't fucking kill him because that doesn't make you cool. That makes you a dick. Yeah. And he'll piss, piss me off. I believe in avenging hookers. That's going to be, I'm going to be a superhero. I'm going to get a cape and a mask and I'm going to be the hooker avenger. <laughs> Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. This show is copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. And guess what? We will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.